Hey, good evening. How are you, David? I'm doing okay. Thank you for taping my call. I know that you're pretty busy. Oh, that's okay. Um, we'll we'll get right to it. I don't want to take more of your time than need be because I know that you have a lot going on. Uh, well, you know, trying to take a take a little small simple break sometimes. Uh, that's very, like I said, that's very hard to do. Um, you know, because I have to stay focused on trying to find my son. So yeah, that give me a little time. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh yeah. So, um, let's get a, a little recap here. Um, your son has been missing now for about four months, correct? That is correct. Um, you know, on twenty third, yes. Make four months. And um Daniel Robinson vanished without a trace. Um, tell me about the last day that Daniel was seen. Well, uh Daniel was seen uh the day prior. Um, to his disappearance, you know, of course, he lives in Phoenix, um, well, Tempe, uh, his sister lives in Phoenix, um, you know, those two would see each other. So that was the last day that, um, you know, he was seen by his family. Uh, the last day that he was actually seen by anyone was uh, on the 23rd uh, from his job site, uh, from a gentleman that works at a, uh, works for a drilling company called Weber um, at the well site that my son um, was at with him. Uh, that was the last time anyone saw my son. And did his sister say that he acted different at all? No. Um, the fact, um, you know, that my sister, well, sorry, his sister and um, himself, they had a plan, you know, plans to do something together um, um, in the coming days uh, before he went missing. Okay. So, yeah, wouldn't expect it at all. Um. So the last time that you yourself spoke to Daniel was when? Well, two days prior um, to his disappearance. You know, it's, it's always uh, a thing with me and my son. We uh, spend two hours uh, talking to each other. I don't, you know, never really go a uh, week without uh, hearing from Daniel. Um, like I said, the last time it was two days prior. Okay. When was he actually reported missing? I reported him missing the same day, um, on the 23rd. Uh, you know, of course, um, I was in Columbia, South Carolina at the time. Um, uh, my daughter called me, alerted me that, um, his, uh, one of the coworkers came to her house, um, looking for Daniel. Um, you know, of course she was concerned. Uh, we went through the whole protocol of, uh, you know, I told her to, you know, just go to his apartment to make sure he's not there. In the meantime, I was calling his phone. He wouldn't answer, um, you know, check with his friends, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, after I looked at the time difference, there was a three-hour time difference from um, South Carolina to uh, Arizona. I realized it was um, a lot later um, at night. So, um, you know, I was like, wait a minute, now it was over six hours. My son, you know, never go that long. So, yeah, I, I reported him missing. Was um, there anything found unusual in his apartment? No, nothing um, unusual. It was not ransacked and broken into at all, was it? No, not that we can tell. Okay. So when did you leave your home in South Carolina to come to Arizona? Well, I left um, the next day um, on the 24th. I made it to Arizona on the 25th. I um, uh, The reason why I left, because, you know, that, that night when I reported my son missing, of course, they made me wait an extra three hours to make it 12 hours. Um, they, they went out, one drivers went down. I didn't know at the time what Sun Valley Parkway and Cactus Road area is, but he went down Sun Valley Parkway just to try to, um, 
see him. He happened to see him walking down the road or see a street down on uh on the road or something. Uh, but he said, you know, he can get a helicopter out there to look for my son um, the next morning because I requested that. But then the next morning came, um, he called me back and said, hey, they scrapped it. It's the superior, so it said he um, is unauthorized because my son is an adult. He can leave if he wants to. You know, if you want to go out in, in the desert and go out in the desert. Uh, because of that, you know, I didn't like the way that sound. Uh, it made me, you know, uptight. Uh, got my things together at a spur of the moment and just started driving. I got you. Um, what was Daniel doing in Arizona, and how long had he been there? Daniel has um went to college at Charleston in Columbia. Uh, I'm sorry, in Charleston, South Carolina, and uh, he you know went there to be a geologist. Uh, straight out of college, uh, he went to take a class um upon his graduation in um uh, a Flagstaff. Um, I think it was a Flagstaff. Um uh, and um um. I, I may get the city wrong, but he went out to Arizona to take a class, and uh, from there um, he landed his job uh, straight out of college. You know, after he graduated, uh, he uh, went straight to Nature's New World in Phoenix um, as a field geologist. They hired him as um, so he's been working there uh, since graduated from um, you know college, uh, landed a job until today. Did he seem to have any enemies out there? No, no, Daniel never had um, any. He's a very friendly guy. If you um, just look at, uh, it doesn't even you can tell by the pictures. Um, Daniel always has. He's surrounded by a lot of friends. Uh, that's ever since um, he was younger, but especially when he was in college. Mm-hmm. Um, very much of a people person. Um, you know, if you talk to some of the friends um, on social media, they'll tell you Daniel get along with everybody. You know, they call him WAP. You know, what I'm saying? so he um, he got a, uh, he gets along with everybody. He has a lot of friends. Um, no enemies that I know of. Okay. How um, long exactly after he went missing was his Jeep found? Uh, almost 30 days. I can't get you the exact date, but it was close to 30 days uh, when his Jeep was found um, uh, after he went missing. Were all of his belongings left behind? Well, uh, whatever we found, I don't know, you know, that's kind of, you know, hard to say what he had, um, but what we do know was found was, uh, you know, all his clothing that he would have, most person would be wearing. Um, his safety vest was on the ground that he was wearing that day for work. And, um, you know, of course, his cell phone was found inside the vehicle, though. And, um, and I think it was a, a work laptop, and that was it. Was he a typical teenager type that would leave extra clothes in his car like it seems really weird that his work clothes would be off yeah and that's the thing we don't know we don't have any evidence that he had change of clothes or he didn't have change of clothes so mm-hmm. um you know i wouldn't know uh what daniel had on uh, or what he had in the vehicle i'm gonna say but i know what he had on that day it's obvious um the clothes that he was wearing is on the ground um that from that day he went out to the well site like I say, because his safety vest and, you know, those type things, everything he's wearing um, down to the socks. So, um, you know, if he had to change the clothes, I'm not sure. I wouldn't know that. Um, You're saying that his socks had been taken off? For everything. Um, from the pier, from what I was told by the uh, Buckeye Police Department at the time, um, appears that everything he was wearing, I mean, down even to the socks, everything. Um so um, that was on the ground, three feet away from the vehicle, in the pile. 
and uh, his boots, one was tucked under the vehicle and the other one was uh, roughly on the other side of the vehicle. We can see the bottom of the vehicle where the vehicle's lined down. Do you remember the picture? Yes, sir. The one of his boots was on that side of the vehicle and the other one was on the opposite side, but kind of tucked up under the vehicle. So um, that's the only clothing item they found out there. Did any of his clothing items appear to be torn or cut from an accident or have any kind of blood on them? I haven't observed them, and I haven't uh, had any detective but Buckeye tell me anything uh, like that, so I don't know. I, I have seen the clothes myself personally. I just saw the pictures, the same pictures everybody else see. Uh, well, I got a little bit more, of course, but um, I, I couldn't tell from the pictures. Okay. Yeah, it seems extremely odd for a 24-year-old to leave their phone behind. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I agree with you on that. I, I don't leave my phone behind, so I can imagine uh, someone his age, he's, they pretty much... My son was attached to his phone, you know, so, of course, uh, some, you know, that's kind of hard for me to believe that he would, especially um, the day he went missing. We was calling his phone and calling it ring, ring, ring until, I guess, the next day or almost the third day, it stopped ringing because we was calling so much. I'm sure the battery died. How, um, how come you had to hire your own investigator, and why are the police not helping? If you even look at the pictures, um... You know, from I can be biased from being a father, of course. Uh, but anybody with a you know the brain can look at that and say, "Hey, you no, know, that looks suspicious to me." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Buckeye Police Department was quick to say there was no foul play. Once the vehicle was found, they um, they quickly said um, they have no more leads to follow and things like that. Once they said all of that, I knew they weren't interested in finding the truth about what happened to my son. Um, so, of course, you know, I decided to go for a second opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, as I had my meeting with the Buckeye Police Department, found out they didn't do any forensic work at the scene. Um, you know, that type thing. They didn't have no interest in finding out what happened to my son. Again, so, you know, of course, I had to, um, you know, get outside help. Yes. When you, um, so who took the belongings, the things that were left behind? Did Buckeye Police Department take that in, or did your own investigators have to? take that in well the Buckeye police department once they found my son's vehicle they waited over 24 hours to alert me uh they called me the next morning around nine ish in the morning and they said they didn't want to disturb my sleep the reason why they didn't tell me when they found it um when i went out there to look at the vehicle um they already had it in a compound uh from that point they decided to turn the vehicle over to me telling me i need to get out of that compound or they're gonna have a toll and I have to pay storage fees so I had to, you know, make a long story with that, uh, make a, a appointment because I was, got a little upset a couple days afterwards. And I uh, had a meeting with the chief of police and his staff and the, and the detectives. I demanded, uh, first of all, I demanded them to do forensic work. And secondly, um, you know, some other little things uh, that we discussed. Uh, from that point after the meeting, they decided to give me everything, all the evidence bags uh, with some clothing, to his uh, uh, evidence bag, his cell phone, you know, everything they found at the scene, they gave it to me in my hand, uh, hand and, you know, transferred it over to me. Of course, I did not open any of those items, and I gave it straight to my investigator once I hired him on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that completely disgusts me. Um, my husband being law enforcement, um, I'm not sure how Buckeye does it, but that's not how South Carolina does it for sure. That's right, because, you know, they first they um, marked it, one thing I didn't know at the time, but I wouldn't have been, I would have been smart enough not to open those items, but I wasn't, I didn't understand the reason why um, I did see the check boxes on there that would say, you know, different things, 
and it was checked for safekeeping. Mm-hmm. Once I got my investigator, he was explaining to me safekeeping mean that they're holding it for my son to come back and get his thing. So um, that was that was unacceptable to me, also. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Do we know anything about a human skull remain that was found near the location of the car? Yes, um, my searches. I've uh, been doing searches for um, this week past was twelve weeks of searches. Um, my my lovely volunteers. Um, I love very much. My, I call them my family. Uh, we break our uh, volunteers up, break my volunteers up into um, groups, and uh, um, you know we we cover a certain uh, set. We we map it all out, and we send people out to certain sections. Um, usually, each group probably have roughly nine people, and uh, one of the groups uh, ran into the skull. Of course, they call us in, uh, me and my investigator and uh, uh, our search coordinator. We go there. Um, on our site, we have it where we tell them up front, tell them, hey, you find things like that, do not touch it, do not, you know, certain little protocols. They just take a picture of it from the website, a uh, copy of it automatically goes to the Buckeye Police Department and also to uh, my investigator and myself. Um, from that point, we turned that over, that skull over to the Buckeye Police Department, along with other remains that we found out there that later Buckeye videos. Animal remains, but, you know, we can't argue with them with that, but they couldn't argue about the skull. So um, the skull was there. Uh, up to date, uh, they had the Maricopa County uh, Sheriff Department's uh, medical examiners um, do some type of forensic sketching or something out of other to identify the skull. Um, now I have a, a young lady um, that I've been talking to in Florida for months now, um, looking for her her brother out there in uh, Arizona. Same area, my son went missing, and she was wondering about that skull. And then she told me the other day after I sent her the picture. She said she believed that's her brother. So, um, you know, so that that gives some kind of comfort and some type of uh, closure to another family. Yeah, for real. So investigators pulled a black box from the car um, and found it was driven a further 11 miles after the airbags had deployed. Plus, the ignition had been turned over near 46 times. And this is really unheard of. Um, do we, I know what I think, do you think that this car was actually planted in this location? My investigator does, and uh, I, I, you know, um, just from not being an expert, you know, it, it appears to me, and that's the way I would look at it. Um, the Buckeye Police Department is the one that pulled the uh, data from the vehicle, and um, um, uh, they just didn't know how to read it. Um, they turned over, when they turned over the evidence to me, um, when I hired my investigator on, they turned over that data to my investigator. And when he read it, he read the same data and found that, you know, those those items, those type things. So. Mm-hmm. Was there any information on the car or the cell phone that gave a time and location of an accident? Well, um, one thing I can say is that... Uh, um, they did my, my investigator um, to that dashboard apart and send it to the information center, I think they call it, info system, uh, send it to California for analysis. They got a take like a 900 page report that they still going through right now. Um, yeah, it, it, it gave a time enough to uh, the information got that he know that the first accident happened uh, roughly around one of one o'clock ish, around that time. So um, that's when the, the first initial crash happened. So you're saying first initial crash. Um, I've, how many was it? I was not aware that there was more than one. 
Yes, um, he found that the vehicles crashed multiple times, um, but the first crash uh, happened around one-ish, and then it was driven, of course, that additional uh, level miles. But within that that um, that level miles, something else was going on with that vehicle being crashed. He said at least um, at least two times, two or three times. Yes. Okay, so the red paint on the car, um, there was. I'm assuming there's nothing red in the middle of a desert. Um, right. So it's possible that it was in a crash with another vehicle. Right. It's red transfer paint on the uh, driver's side of the vehicle. Okay. Um, at what time and location was Daniel's phone pinged and or turned off? Do we have any information on that? And that's the thing that uh, one of the reasons why also I hired an investigator. Um, my family, uh, dealing with Buckeye Police Department, they, they they're so conveniently, um, they told us they couldn't get pings from my son's cell phone. Uh, they couldn't get uh, the geo, uh, GPS location from the, um, the Uconnect that was in the vehicle. It was almost like an on-star. Mm -hmm. um, they couldn't get pictures, that traffic lights. I mean, just all kind of things. Um, nothing they can do, nothing. It seemed like, you know. Um, and then the excuses were that uh, they couldn't get it because they couldn't get a warrant um, since they decided they told me at first they were going to get warrants. Uh, then they changed their mind and say, hey, no judge won't give us a warrant because we're not making this a criminal case. It's uh, just a missing person's case. Uh, so um, we couldn't get the warrants and things like that. So no, no pings or anything else ever been pulled from my son's vehicle or his cell phone, I'm just going to say. Wow. What color is the um, Buckeye Police Department sheriff's cars? Um, the ones I've seen is black and white. Yes. Wow, this mm, makes my skin crawl. Um, if his phone was turned off at a separate location from where the car was found, I was going to say, has anyone searched for surveillance between anywhere of that location to the location the car was finally located? But if the police department was not willing to clearly you know, look for the pings or anything like that, then we we don't have answers. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't have any answers either. Um, I'm still working on uh, trying to get some outside agencies involved. Mm -hmm. um, the, the goal, um, of course, uh, Buckeye claimed they got outside agencies. I don't know any. I keep arguing with them, hey, if y'all have them, why they haven't spoke to me? I'm bothered out here looking for my son. Um, why y'all haven't made them aware to me? Why I haven't seen no paperwork? Why I don't see it in report? So um, they they claim a lot of things that um that I haven't seen physically or at all. You know, so um, a lot of questions. Yes, sir. What do we know about the girl that Daniel supposedly said he was in love with, and she texts and asks him to leave her alone? That is um I, the way that that came out. If you really Watch what really happened. The Buckeye police decided to leave uh, to release an incomplete police report. First of all, mm -hmm. and the time they did it was when they got pressure from the uh, media because God bless that family. Um, sad to say, because of the Tito case, um, I, I, my condolences to that family. Of course, uh, that gave me an opportunity to. I've been fighting for this for three months, trying to get national attention, like busting my behind. 
And uh, uh, so they got that pressure when that when everything started getting more national. Um, they decided to release a police report um, to the public, an incomplete police report. Um, they had my son. They got my son's uh, cell phone, mind you. They had a cell phone um, from the day of that crash. They was able to access my son's uh, phone because of my children. They share Daniel all my children. All my children share their passwords together. And then my daughter was able to furnish them with the password uh, to my son's um, his uh, cell phone. They was able to get in there, uh, look at his text messages, his um, uh, Google, whatever. Everything they was able to do for all that time. It's ironic. Uh, once that phone was turned over to me, and um, when my investigator got finished with it, he noticed that a lot of things were missing, just like I have. First of all, all his Google searches was missing. Everything that had something to do with Caitlin is missing. All the text messages that he would have, that she said she had on her phone, there's nothing on his phone that ever said he ever text, text her at all. Um, only thing that's still on his phone about her is the contacts. Um, you know, so you got to think about things like that. There's a one-sided, there's one-sided conversation that goes on with um, that police report. That police report only reflects what she gave them. Not asking her, hey, had you just deleted anything? Uh, all your tests up there? Um, were there any phone calls between you two? We don't know what they're talking about phone calls, but I do can tell you this: um, all the text messages that you see on her phone is uh, that you that you see on the report. Not all the text messages that was actually there, based on his his um his um, phone record. Mm -hmm. So something could have been missing. Like I said, Texas could have been missing. Do we know um, what kind of car she drove, what color car she drove, or anything about her her family? I, I wouldn't, uh, I, I, I'm not going to go, um, you know, because that's all, all thing with Kayla. I think that's just a, a distraction. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I feel like I can't, um, I'm not going to even ask the girl because I don't know her. I understand. And I just know that um, she's a young lady, too, uh, from the understanding. And, uh, you know, uh, of course, you know, if anything, she's probably protecting herself. Um, I'm not sure what the course is, but I do know everything's been looked at um, from my investigative standpoint. So I can't say what, you know, um, information about her that I do know. I understand. Has any more information been found out that hasn't been released yet that, that we can know about? Uh, I'm sorry, can you repeat that? Has there been any more information found out that hasn't been released that we can know about now? Right, yeah, from uh, from my investigator standpoint, I can't speak for Buckeye, but I can speak for my investigator. Um, yeah, some things that we know, um, some things that's out there uh, where, uh, that we have um, that we, of course, yeah, we can't, I can't give out. Mm -hmm. But do you feel like you might be getting a little bit closer? No. <laughs> oh. One thing for sure, I'm not getting closer to uh, answers that I would like to have. Tell me. Some good news. Tell me what Daniel was like. Uh, Daniel, he's a, a free-spirited guy. Um, you know, when I say guy, he was he's older, um, you know, standard that way. But when he was there since he was young, you know, Daniel's a guy that liked to challenge himself. Um, you know, I, I said often in interviews, look, Daniel would challenge his siblings. Uh, you know, saying he let nothing stop him. You know, that everybody know that he was born with one hand. And that never been an obstacle for him. You know, Daniel would keep trying until he gets something. You know, he, he like he played the trumpet, he played the um, uh, French horn, he taught himself. 
Um, you know, he played a little bit of football. He didn't let nothing stop him. When he got in high school, I mean college, yeah, he decided he wanted to be a geologist. He graduated with honors. You know what I'm saying? He's a, a guy that had many friends. He's the, um, he's a, um, uh, the chief uh, a founder, one of the founders of uh, fraternity in the school. Um, you know, so uh, he has a lot of friends, you know what I'm saying? So that is uh, a person, like, for the family's sake, he was a, he's a bridge that, you know, when we ever have disagreements or anything like that, that he always um, bridge that gap, you know what I'm saying? He's the one that come in and, and somehow put brand people together. So mm-hmm. I have to realize that I kind of smile with that because even with him being missing right now, he bring a lot of people together. That's just his nature. That's what he does, you know what I'm saying? But Daniel, he's also love um, the he's an adventurous guy. He likes to travel. He likes to, um, you know, since he's a geologist, you know, it's, it's what he loves in life. Um, he loves um, the rock formations and things like that. So he likes to go hiking and he loves the, um, the beaches, you know, just, just nature itself. And he likes to travel. Like I say, he's just uh, one of those type guys. Awesome. For anyone out there wanting to help, you can go to pleasehelpfinddaniel.com, search for daniel.org, and if you're local in that Arizona area, at 6.45 every day, they go out and search till about 4 p.m. You can always call, join with the volunteers, help out any way you can, but please, help find Daniel. Also, if you want to help with my research, you can head over to buymeacoffee.com slash Murder Mondays. Thanks.